Welcome to the Sports Down Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. No politics, no drama, no argument. Just two guys talking sports. I'm your host, JJ Peters. Today on the podcast, we will discuss Week 11 NFL highlights, college football update, NBA free agency tracker, UFC 255, and college basketball begins today. It's time to get into our poll results of our poll question, which we do every episode. You can vote again on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And the question was, who should trade for Russell Westbrook? The Knicks or Hornets? And currently, it's 50-50. Again, thanks for voting. You can vote on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Sportstown Podcast. Some updates in the NFL with injury and COVID. Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals is likely done for the season. The number one overall pick this April was carted off the field in the loss versus the Washington football team. Burrow was on track to have one of his best rookie seasons for a quarterback. According to the stats and information from ESPN, Burrow was on track to be Andrew Luck's passing record for a rookie quarterback, which was 4,374 yards. Burrow was hit by number two overall pick Chase Young and Montez Sweat. It was the third quarter when the LSU product hurt his left leg that sent him to the locker room. No word yet on how long Burrow would be out, but according to multiple sources, Joe Burrow is likely done for the season. Also, Joe Burrow, after being carted off the field, tweeted and saying, See y'all next year. Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins test positive for coronavirus. It's been a rough month for the Baltimore Ravens. They have lost back-to-back games, and now their two running backs have tested positive for COVID. Mark Ingram and rookie running back J.K. Dobbins have tested positive and will be out for their game versus the Steelers. Also, Ravens defensive tackle Brandon Williams was placed on the COVID reserve list as a close contact. The game is currently in serious jeopardy of being, being not played on Thanksgiving night. Because of some players testing positive, the Ravens, will conduct all their meetings virtually until they travel to Pittsburgh to play their bitter rival, the Steelers. Let's hope the best game of the week will be played and not be canceled or postponed. Before we dive into some more awesome sports topics, I'd like to tell you about Anchor. If you haven't heard anything about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Can't go wrong with that. And guess what? There's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. That's not all, though. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It keeps on getting better, though. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get back to the show. College Hoops is back. The NCAA delayed it two weeks, but basketball and and the college ranks is finally back. According to multiple sources, the NCAA has no plans to delay the season or tournament when the time comes. Some games have already been canceled, but teams will have to make up their own games. Every team in the NCAA has not played for almost nine months because the season was canceled in early March. Many teams are ready to get back to the grind. Similar to college and pro football, the NCAA will allow the universities to make the decision whether to have fans or not. The colleges will work with their state and local governments if they can't have spectators in the arena. Syracuse is one of the first basketball universities in the NCAA to announce they will not have fans for the upcoming 20-2021 season. The colleges that are allowed to have fans will likely have limited capacity for the season. The first game scheduled on national TV will be third-ranked Villanova versus Boston College as a part of the 2K Empire Classic. My thoughts are I'm glad it's back. Even though most universities won't have or very little fans, it'll still be fun to watch. We haven't seen basketball since early March or college basketball since early March because the season was shut down. However, on Wednesday, there will be a slate of games being played, and I and most fans can't wait to watch. Is Gonzaga the team to beat or someone else? 
Will the top tier teams in college hoops be good or will some other emerge as the teams to beat? Well, we'll find out this Wednesday when the season finally gets tipped off. Uh, who is the top team in college hoops right now? Well, if you go by the rankings, most people would say Gonzaga since they are the number one team currently. However, Kansas is pretty solid and they were the top team last year before the season got shut down. So Kansas probably would have won the championship if the season hadn't been shut down because of COVID. Even though they rank six, I could see that them being the top team here in a few weeks. Uh, don't sleep on Baylor, though, Vill- Villanova, and maybe even Iowa. All those teams have a really good shot of competing for a national championship this season. What game is most exciting this week in college hoops? I was looking it over, and I believe sixth-ranked Kansas versus number one-ranked Gonzaga with a game to watch, even though 17th-ranked Houston will play 14th-ranked Texas this Sunday. But again, you can't compare a number one team versus sixth-ranked team in the first week of college hoops. Um, And did the AP rankings get it right? I think it's still too early to tell. Unfortunately, because the season was shut down right before the tournament, not a lot of people have great information about this year's team in college basketball. It's similar to the draft. Not a lot of people knew of the players because a lot of times when people really get watching college basketball, it's the the NCAA tournament. A lot of people get um, introduced to those certain players. So, uh, but Gonzaga is usually pretty good along with Villanova, Baylor, and Virginia. But again, we're probably won't really know for another few weeks because for college basketball, but I would say right now the rankings or the rankings are legit. UFC 255 was held Saturday at the Apex Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. The undisputed flyweight champion, Divison Figueredo, took on fourth-ranked Alex Perez to get his first title defense. Also, it was the first time ever in the UFC's history that a flyweight was the main event, or was the main event for the card. The other fights on the main card was champion of the women's flyweight division, Valentina Shevchenko, facing Jennifer Maya. The other fights on the main card were Tim Means, defeating Mike Perry in unanimous decision. In the other women's flyweight division, Caitlin Chukagan defeated Cynthia Calvillo in unanimous decision. On the other fight on the main card was Paul Craig of the light heavyweight, KOing Marcio Marcio Rua. Thoughts? Well, Figueredo looked dominant over Perez. It's going to be hard for anybody to beat Figueredo in the flyweight division in the UFC. With the win, he has now had his, his first tile defense in the flyweight division. It was interesting, after the fight, UFC President Joe Rogan had plans for Figueredo to fight in December, which is next month. No word yet on if it will come to fruition, but it looks very promising. Right now, I don't see anybody knocking off Figueredo in the flyweight division for a very long time. Well, can anybody beat Divison Figueredo in the flyweight division? Pretty simple answer, no. He's had some rivals, but it's been a while. Many sources have said that the men's flyweight division is very weak, but it's hard to really say that when someone is so dominant in the division but I don't see anybody in the flyweight division knocking off Figueredo. Who's the next opponent Next opponent for him? Well, it looks like Brandon Marino will be Divison Figueredo's next opponent. Marino is the top challenger in the flyweight division, only behind Divison Figueredo. That will definitely be a fun fight, especially if it's in December, which is only in a month. We will see what happens, but I'm predicting that Fig- Figueredo wins the fight. The college football weekend was back on Saturday. Here are some big games, and I will give you my thoughts on the weekend. Games like Oklahoma and OK State, Ohio State versus Indiana, Coastal Carolina versus Appalachian State, Cincinnati versus UCF, Liberty versus NC State, and Wisconsin versus Northwestern, and I can't forget UCLA versus Oregon. Most of these exciting games this weekend were smaller schools that included Coastal Carolina versus Appalachian State, Cincinnati versus UCF, and Liberty versus NC State. 
However, seeing Northwestern Wisconsin was or Wisconsin was also very interesting. If you like defense and hate offense, then Northwestern versus Wisconsin was the game for you. However, I thought Oklahoma versus OK State was going to be good, but it was not. Although there were many good games this weekend in college football. What game stood out to me last week in college football? Definitely the Coastal Carolina versus Appalachian State game intrigued me the most. I know it's the Sun Belt, but it was very exciting. I also secretly hope that the Chanteliers make a good bowl game, which is what I think they will, or they definitely have a good chance. Also, another game that intrigued me a lot was Cincinnati versus UCF. Cincinnati held on to win, and right now they are in a very good position to make the college football playoff. We'll see what the college football playoff rankings this Tuesday feel. They probably won't make one unless one of the top teams fall, but there's still a very good chance for the Bearcats. Can Cincinnati or BYU make the college football playoff? Probably not. However, I would love to see either Cincinnati or BYU make the playoffs. But unfortunately, some teams will have to lose to have the Bearcats and Cougars make it. This is why most analysts and myself believe the college football playoff should expand from four to eight, at least this season. I was listening to Dan Patrick, the host of the Dan Patrick Show, and he said that the college football playoff should expand to four or to eight teams for just this season because many teams will not be able to play their full schedule because of coronavirus restrictions. He also pointed out that every other sporting league is expanding their playoffs, so college football should do the following. However, I agree with Dan Patrick's statement, but I think it's a little too late for the college football playoff to expand the playoffs. And besides, the NCAA does not like to change things, and it took them forever to set up a college football playoff with four teams. So if there's any fans out there hoping the playoffs are expanded, don't get your hopes up. Who is the best team in the Big 12 right now? Well, the Big 12 is not great this year, but I would say Iowa State. Oklahoma looks pretty good on Saturday after defeating their rivals, Oklahoma State. Texas is usually overrated, and I don't think they're that impressive. So I think either Iowa State or Oklahoma is the team to beat in the Big 12. As of now, both OU and ISU would make it the Big 12 championship game if nothing else changes. So I think Iowa State is the best team unless Oklahoma shows me otherwise in the next few weeks before the Big 12 championship game. Week 11 of the NFL happened last Sunday, and I will give you the highlights of last week in the National Football League. Browns versus Eagles. The 6-3 Browns host the Eagles, hoping to continue their playoff push. The Eagles, despite their struggles, are still leading the awful NFC East. Early in the second quarter, Carson Wentz would be intercepted that would be returned for a touchdown. Not much would happen for the rest of the half as the game would remain 7-0. The Browns would punt the ball three times, but the Eagles would punt twice, and, or excuse me, turn the ball over twice and punt three times. The second half was a little more interesting as the Eagles would score thanks to a fumble by Cleveland. The Browns would get a field goal, then a safety. Cleveland would score again to make it a 19-10 lead and would hold on to beat Philly 22-17. Despite a late surge by the gangrene, Mayfield would throw for 204 yards, Nick Chubb would rush for 114 yards, and Hodge would have 73 yards receiving. On the flip side, Carson wins through for 235 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Miles Sanders would lead the Eagles in rushing with 66 yards, and Dallas Goddard had 77 yards receiving while having one touchdown. It seems like all the Browns games that they win are very ugly, but they're seven and three and they have the fifth seed currently in the playoffs. Saints versus Falcons. The Taysom Hill experiment began on Sunday, getting his first official start versus the rival Falcons. For most of the first half, Atlanta led New Orleans nine to three until Matt Ryan threw an interception that led to a Saints touchdown by Alvin Kamara. Then the Saints would take full control of the game in the second half as they would beat the Falcons 24-9. Taysom Hill would not throw a touchdown pass, but he would have two rushing touchdowns and have 51 yards on the ground. Matt Ryan would have a bad game and throw two interceptions. Todd Gurley had 26-yard rushing, and Calvin Ridley had 90 yards through the air. The Saints are now 8-2 and, and have full control of the competitive NFC South. New Orleans currently has the top seed for NFC thanks to a Green Bay loss. 
Titans versus Ravens. The Ravens are in trouble. With the loss, Baltimore is now out of the playoffs race currently. The Titans would beat the Ravens 30-24 to in overtime thanks to King Derrick Henry's game-winning rushing touchdown. B. Moore now has a lot to have lost to Tennessee twice in a row. The Ravens would have an early lead 14-10th of break. The Ravens would continue their 21-10 lead as J.K. Dobbins would find the end zone on a two-yard rush. But here come the Titans. They would get a field goal and force Lamar Jackson to throw an interception that led to another field goal. Tennessee would score another touchdown to take their first lead of the game 24-21. The Ravens' offense, however, would get a field goal to tie and go into overtime. The Titans would force a punt and get a game-winning touchdown by, guess who, Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill threw for 259 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Henry had 133 yards through the ground and one touchdown. And Corey Davis had 113 yards on five receptions. Lamar Jackson had 186 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception. J.K. Dobbins had 70 yards through the, or on the ground, one touchdown. And Mark Andrews had 96 yards and one touchdown. Packers versus Colts. The Packers were hoping to continue their winning ways as they traveled to Indy to take on the Colts. But the Packers struggled to tackle and turn the ball over four times. However, the Packers would take an early lead of the half, 28-14. But here come the Colts. The opening drive of the second half was a field goal to make it a 28-17 game. They would get a three and out from a from the pack, or from they would force the pack with a three and out and would score again on a touchdown pass from Phillip Rivers to tight end Jack Doyle. They would also get a two-point conversion to make it a one-possession game. Another punt by Green Bay, and the Colts would tie the game on a field goal. The Packers' next possession was a fumble that led to another Colts field goal to have their first lead of the game, 31-28. The Packers would drive down the field to make it a tie to go into overtime. However, turnovers kill teams, and Green Bay did it four times that led to the game-winning field goal by the Colts. Final score, Indianapolis 34, Green Bay 31. Stats for the game were Rivers threw for 288 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Jonathan Taylor, the rookie, rushed for 90 yards. Michael Pittman from USC would have 66 yards and one touchdown. Aaron Rodgers, on the other side, had a 311 yards through the air, three touchdowns, one interception. Aaron Jones had 41 yards on the ground, one touchdown. Devontae Adams, 106 yards on seven receptions and one touchdown. Steelers versus Jags. The Steelers keep rolling. Pittsburgh remains the only undefeated team in the National Football League. The Steelers drafted, or the Steelers defeated the reeling Jags. However, Jacksonville started off fast thanks to a 41-yard field goal by Chase McLaughlin. The Steelers would get a field goal by Chris Boswell in the second quarter to tie the game 3-3. Pittsburgh did start off slow, but woke up late in the second quarter. The Steelers would get two touchdowns in the second quarter as Big Ben with a Big Ben touchdown pass and a Benny Snell rushing touchdown to make it a 17-3 lead at the break. Not much happened in the second half, but the Steelers would be able to get a field goal and a touchdown. They would force two Jacksonville interceptions late in the second half. Final score, the Steelers 27, the Jaguars 3. Big Ben would throw for 267 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and Deontay Johnson had 111 yards receiving. For the Jaguars, Jake Luton would throw for 151 yards, but a career-high four interceptions. Josh Robinson had 73 yards rushing, and DJ Chark at 41 yards receiving. Dolphins versus Broncos. The Dolphins were trying to keep their five-game winning streak alive and have Tua remain undefeated in his young career but Miami would run into a buzzsaw in the Denver Broncos. The Dolphins would strike first thanks to an interception from Drew Locke. Tua Tagovailoa would find his number one receiver, Devontae Parker, for a three-yard touchdown pass. A few drives later, Melvin Gordon would find the end zone on a one-yard rush. The Broncos would get a field goal in their next possession to take the lead and would hold on to it going into the break, 13-10. Melvin Gordon late in the third quarter would score on a 20-yard rush to make it a 10-point lead for the Broncos. 
Denver would hold on to the lead for the rest of the game. Final score, Denver 20, Miami 13. Drew Locke threw for 270 yards, one interception. Melvin Gordon rushed for 84 yards, two touchdowns, and Tim Patrick at 119 yards receiving. Tua was benched in the second half, but not because of an injury. Fitzpatrick would come into the game and lead the Dolphins through the air with 117 yards, but through an interception. Ahmad would rush for 43 yards, and Devontae Parker had 61 yards receiving. Chiefs versus Raiders. The battle for the AFC East continued on Sunday night. The undisputed Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs, took on the rival, the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders got the Chiefs last time they played, and it was on the Chiefs' turf. We jumped to the end of the first half, and the Raiders took a 17-14 lead. On the opening drive in the second half, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire would rush for 100, would rush for a 14-yard score to make it 21-17. But the Raiders answered right back to make it 24-21 in the fourth quarter thanks to a touchdown pass from Derek Carr to his number one tight end and receiver, Darren Waller. The Chiefs would answer as Le'Veon Bell would find the end zone for his first career touchdown as a Chief. The next possession, Derek Carr would have another touchdown pass, this time to veteran Jason Witten. The Raiders led 31-28. On the second-to-last possession, Patrick Mahomes would find Travis Kelsey for the go-ahead touchdown with 28 seconds left in the game. Las Vegas would throw an interception to seal the game. The Super Bowl champs would come back to beat the rival 35-31. The Raiders are beating the Chiefs. Or the Raiders beat the Chiefs last month and took a victory lane around Arrowhead Stadium, the home of the Chiefs. Kansas City wasn't too happy and got the revenge. Mahomes would throw for 348 yards, two touchdown passes. Clyde edwards elaire at 69 yards rushing two touchdowns, and Travis Kelsey had 127 yards and one score. For Las Vegas, Derek Carr threw for 275 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Josh Jacobs had 50 yards receiving, one touchdown, and Darren Waller had 88 yards the round and added one score. Bucks versus Rams. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosted the LA Rams on Monday Night Football in prime time. The Bucks were coming off a huge win versus the Panthers, and the Rams also had a big win last week versus the Seahawks. Tom Brady was looking to get a second win in the prime time as a Buccaneer. L.A. was trying to continue their lead in the tough NFC West. The Bucs started the game off slow with a punt, but were able to score two touchdowns in the first half. However, the Rams took, a, took off fast as well and took a 17-14 lead at the break. In the second half, Jared Goff would throw his first interception and led to a field goal to tie the game at 17. A few possessions later, the Rams would score on a four-yard pass from Jared Goff to rookie running back Cam Akers to make it 24-17. For most of the second half, both teams would exchange punting the ball. The Buccaneers would score on a pass from Tom Brady to Chris Godwin late in the fourth quarter to take advantage of the interception that Jared Goff threw. The Rams would get a 40-yard field goal by Matt Gay late in the game. Tom Brady had one more chance to work his magic, but Brady would do the unthinkable and throw an interception that led the win for the Rams. Final score, Rams 27, the Buccaneers 24. Jared Goff threw for 376 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Malcolm Brown led the Rams in rushing with 20 yards, and Cooper Cup had 145 yards through the air. Tom Brady threw for 216 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Ronald Jones had 24 yards rushing, and Antonio Brown had one of his best games as Buccaneer with 57 yards receiving on eight catches. The Rams right now are 8-3 and three and currently lead the NFC, or the tough NFC West. Thanks for listening to the Sports Town Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. We release new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and much more. Don't forget to subscribe, comment, leave a like, and rate. Also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Sportstown Podcast. Podcast.